Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1235 of the Lots on Hawks podcast. I'm your host, Brad Rowland, coming to you on a Monday. And today's podcast with myself and Mark Schindler with part two of two. Mark Schindler joined us on Friday to talk about the Hawks, what transpired in the playoffs, etc. If you missed that podcast, it is still available. Check it out today. But today's episode that you're watching or listening to right now will be myself and Mark talking about the NBA draft, sort of an overview of sorts, Mark's top guys, his favorite guys, some Hawks options in the middle of the first round, etc. A fun conversation to be sure. Not a ton of news in Hawks land at this point in time, but uh, plenty to come on the show. Please, please, please subscribe to the podcast and make us your first listen each and every day on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. But without further delay, you'll hear the intro and I'll be back with myself and Mark Schindler talking about the NBA draft. You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm once again joined by friend of the podcast, Mark Schindler, and uh, if you missed it, by the way, part one, we talked about the Hawks and uh, kind of what's going on with the roster now and what might be going on in the future with the Hawks. But uh, part two here is going to be myself and Mark talking about the NBA draft. And uh, Mark, we're getting closer to the lotteries like in a week and a half when we're talking now. We're almost there. Yeah, it's kind of insane, man. Uh, it's been a like, I don't know, my first like I, I was a, I, I did scouting stuff last year. But this is my first one where I, first cycle where I've really been in uh, on the ground floor since rip and uh I'm excited, man. I feel ready for it. Um, I definitely have. Like, there's a couple guys I want to brush up on more before we we get closer to it. But um, it's kind of just it's as soon as the draft hits or as soon as the lottery hits, like it feels like everything else just goes so quickly and it'll be yep. summer league before we know it. Um, so yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it for sure. And in my in my brain, you know, I for most of this podcast life, uh, which was 2016 when I launched. Uh, there was this like four year period in the middle where like the draft was like a big part of the podcast because the mm-hmm. Hawks were bad and like they kind of knew they were rebounding through the draft. And um, I didn't do a ton during the season because the Hawks were in a different place now. I mean, fans don't necessarily think about the draft all the time, but with the early exit and uh, kind of ramping up now and I'm still playing catch up too. I mean, you said you, this is a cycle you're kind of in start to finish. I probably further behind on this cycle than, than normal. So we're in different places this time around, which is probably good for our uh, observations. Um I do want to ask about the very top of the draft later mm-hmm. on, but because it's not necessarily Hawks related, I want to start with the Hawks stuff. So like broadly speaking, we talked about what the Hawks might need in the present tense on the, on the part one of this podcast. But um, what do you make of them? Like in the, I mean, and I guess this kind of goes your, your overall philosophy too on the draft, but like archetype wise, like, do you, are you someone who is a, as a need guy? Do you like to just go best player available? Like what's your kind of draft philosophy? And also like, especially for the Hawks, what would you be looking for for them if uh, if it's sort of a tiebreaker and you're and you're more of a even if you're more of a top top player available guy like you got to break a tie what are you looking for for the Hawks? Oh, I'm like the really annoying nuance guy. I think me and uh, hey. me me and Jake <laughs> kind of disagree on it sometimes. Like uh, he's obviously really smart and knows what he's talking about, but like yes. we're mostly in line with it. But like I look at it more like I think fit is so much more important than it tends to get credit for. Um, because like we're talking about, like I hit on a little bit with Jalen, like I'm not super worried about Jalen and, and like being squeezed out or anything, but it's to me like, okay, let's say that the Hawks somehow got the seventh pick and, and drafted Shaden Sharp. And I'm just like, okay, for what? Um, <laughs> like I'm yeah. not, not to be rude. Like I like, I, he's somebody who I definitely need to brush up more on. Cause I've, I mean, I've seen his EYBL stuff, but that's from a year ago. So it's really hard. It, to, it's a tough scout when he hasn't played, when he hasn't played basketball. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, 
Well, what makes it so difficult is like, okay, I like Shane Sharp. I think he's a really high upside player. He has a lot of awesome shot creation tools. Is he going to really get the opportunity to flex those with Atlanta or a team that isn't really built to put him in those positions? Like, I just know watching like where I'm at with uh, with this team and, and how Nate is as a, as a coach, I would not like, I obviously wouldn't say like do not draft or anything, but like even if Shaden fell to like 10 or 11, like I would really struggle with the Hawks taking him just because I'd want to know what is your, what's your concrete development plan to get the most out of him. And also too, like, I mean, I, I don't know if you feel a similar way, but I almost view like I, not that they shouldn't draft somebody. Like I think that this is very much a draft where they need to get more value too, because clearly yeah. as we've seen, like uh, the roster isn't quite what we thought it was last year. Um, but it's like definitely getting towards the territory of, okay, not that we can't have draft picks, but, we need talent now. Like this isn't something we can wait for. Like clearly all, all those rumblings have come out from, from, you know, before, like when that, it sounds like forever ago, but the drum and trade rumors were like a year and a half ago, man. Like, Oh man. Yeah. Like, the pre, yeah, like pre, that. pre we, That's true. I, actually, I, I almost forgot about that, but that, that definitely happened. <laughs> I had to remind you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But like, I mean, exactly. Like that was, yeah. A year and a half ago, two years ago where you're already hearing rumors like, oh, Trey's you got to win for Trey. Like, not to not to be unfair fair to Trey. Like, that's I understand where he's coming from with that. But like, exactly like where this team went this year, they can't really afford to be just a first round out team again next year. I mean, they're too talented to be that. Um, at least you know part of part of going to the conference finals that ups the expectations, and um, that's where it makes things a little bit more murky for the draft. I guess would be the way to put it, or it changes up where you're at with it. But point being, yeah. like. Everything is context. Like, I think each team for me would have a different board. Like, you can have a concrete board, and I do just to keep where I'm at in my head. But, yeah, I mean, who I would draft would change on pretty much every team based on where they're at. Oh, yeah, that's that's definitely one of the things that about, like, I, I've done fully. I still, I still have to at Dime. I, I do these – I do mock drafts and big boards and stuff. And, like, it is hard in a fully context because, it, like you said, it changes for every team. The Hawks board will be different. Um, even as simple as something like the Hawks probably can't draft someone like Mark Williams. Because it's like he's a pure center. They have Capella. They have a Kong Wu. Like it'd be a pretty hard ask for the Hawks to use a mid-first round pick on a center, like on a center-only player this year. I'm not saying mm -hmm. they couldn't possibly do it, but like you have to take that, that. That's a very simple way to look at it. It's like him or Walker Kessler or whoever. Like you probably can't do that. I mean, maybe maybe you could if you if you have an, if you have a plan to trade other guys, but uh, it is definitely context dependent. One of the guys that I wanted to ask you about is probably maybe the highest rated guy on my personal board that the Hawks might have a chance at, like maybe if you squint your eyes is like, Dice, like someone that, like Dyson Daniels, who's like this, you know, defensive, really impressive guard. Um, he probably will be gone by the, Hawks, by the time the Hawks pick if I'm being realistic because the Hawks pick at 16. Mm -hmm. But like, I'm trying to always, you know, because especially this early, I'm trying to thread the needle. It's like, okay, who is definitely going to be gone when the Hawks pick? Who is maybe available? And also, if we're being honest, one of the things the Hawks could do in this class is they could they could make a move to go up. They do have future facing assets. They have, like, if there was a guy they fell in love with, they could go do that. They did it with DeAndre Hunter back in the day. Um, so I'm trying not to ignore that like five to twelve tier because on paper, like okay, these guys won't be available for the Hawks, but can they go get them? Sure, they could. So like, is there somebody in that in that even in that range that you might think would be a good fit with the Hawks? Like, it probably isn't going to be our 16, but they could go, actually go get it if they wanted to. Well, yeah, I mean, I like I like Dyson quite a bit. Um, I, I I'm probably not as high as others are. Like to me, I think he's still a clear lottery guy. I can't. Yeah, some people are putting him like, like around like seven or eight, and I'm I'm not there. Um, I'm not quite the believer in the upside. I was really excited about like at FIBA, 
Um, I, I mean, I was really excited pre-FIBA about who he could be um, as, as maybe more of a shot creator because for Australia, he uh, um, did a lot more running point and just like uh, ball handling in general. Um, and he really struggled at FIBA. And I think that kind of not I don't want to say continued it with the G League, but it's more just changing your lens. Like I think he went from somebody, somebody who was like a real uh, creator bet to being somebody who's like, OK, this guy could maybe run some secondary stuff. Um, he doesn't really have a lot of burst. His handle isn't, no. he really struggles. Like any nail help can, can, can result in turnovers. Um, like he's, uh, I think that there's room there for the handle to grow for sure as he develops more and, and matures physically. But, um, like, I just think what you're seeing now to me is not somebody who's going to become more of like a, 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 a bursty ball handler or anything like that. But like, just like, like you mentioned, like he's a good quick decision maker. He moves the ball. Um, even off drives, like he's good. Just he sees the court pretty well. It's not anything like flashy or crazy, but it's the kind of stuff where like I value it a lot. I just think that's the kind of player who I would want playing next to Trey Young. And I Me think too. what is interesting <laughs> is he would definitely be uh, like he doesn't make a lot of defensive errors right now. He's a good off ball defender. He's good. He's for, especially for his size. He's pretty solid on screen navigation. Um he definitely doesn't have the size yet. I think he's he's like six seven, six eight, but like about 180 or 190 pounds. So he's pretty thin right now. But I wouldn't say that he's like plays weak or anything like that. Like he's definitely somebody who can fill out more. Um, I think a lot's just gonna depend on what kind of shooter he is, like what level of shooter does he become. I think he had uh he definitely improved throughout the year, uh, as the year went on, which that was something for a lot of the G League night guys. Like, I'm still just to be honest, like I I'm still trying to figure out how how to gauge G League Ignite sometimes because same. Um, I mean, it's only been two years of it. I, I don't really like. I mean, Jalen Green was just kind of awesome all of his year at G League Ignite, and then you had like, um, geez, I'm totally blanking. Like, I mean, Isaiah Todd was fine, and like then you had <laughs> other guys who just yeah, kind of, well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah, that was an experiment. Uh, but like, I mean, like yeah, this year like Jaden Hardy really struggled to open the year and then he got better but it's just like I, I don't know how to gauge the development sometimes so um but yeah long story short I would be very excited about about Dyson to the Hawks yeah he'd be a guy I'd be looking for if they were to I think again probably have to go get him like actively not just sit there at yeah. 16 and take him but um that's where we are right now I have a couple guys to ask you about in a second but first it worked for more sponsors on the show today Today's podcast is brought to you by Bet Online and it's May now and baseball season is actually up and running at full steam I'm covering that sport on another venue than this one. And of course, the basketball playoffs are actually going on right now in the NBA. A jam-packed slate of games is happening almost every night for your viewing pleasure. And with that in mind, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and information this year. They have the latest odds, contests, futures, player props, exotics, and much more. And BetOnline is the best spot for all the latest developments in sports. That includes podcasts and reviews for all the leagues this season. Of course, not just basketball or baseball either. BetOnline has all the wagering information that you want across the board. That includes live betting and favorite casino games. And BetOnline also has other sports that are happening right now and also in the future. That includes horse racing and golf, esports, tennis, auto racing, hockey, MMA, boxing, cricket, soccer, entertainment bets, and much more. And futures markets are always available in the NFL, college football, etc., Super Bowl champions, conference titles. All this stuff is available to wager on right now at BetOnline.net. Head to that website right now, BetOnline.net on your computer mobile device at the moment. And if you will get there, you'll get to learn all about the trends and the action across the sports world. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, Mark. Um, 
Anybody else stick out to you? I mean, I, I've kind of been talking about the wings a lot with people recently. People always ask about the wings, and I think it's because of where the Hawks are roster-wise. Mm-hmm. But guys, you know, who are often mocked in this range, whether it's like Malachi Branham or uh, Ochai Baji, um, that kind of tier. I've got Tari Eason's been in the discussion too. Um, I'm not even saying that has to be a wing, but um, what are, what are your general feelings about this sort of like mid-first round, late lottery tier of guys that the Hawks are looking at in general? Yeah. Um... I so I love Tari. Me and Jake are both like Tari, like seven or eight. Like, like we, we love what yeah. he does. Um, he's very erratic, I think is the best way to put it. But I think the Hawks kind of need somebody like that, if we're being honest. Like we've talked about, like he plays physically, that's he's extremely sure. physical, often yeah. too physical. Like he, uh, he and Jeremy Sohan are kind of opposites, they're in like a similar type of mold and role. But like, I think Jeremy's a little, a lot more reined in while still doing a lot of the positive things. I don't mean in a bad way. Um, but like Tari's, like his drives are like. He has some really interesting drives in the half court that like he'll have like some good dump offs at the rim and just um, do some good things when he gets there. But um, then there are other times where he like totally smothers his own drive because he's going so fast and like just like runs right into somebody. Um, he's a really interesting player. And I do wonder what it would kind of look like with with him being coached by Nate, like where Nate would be with some of his decision making. And uh, but at the same time, too, like I just if he's there around like. You know, if if he's there at 16, I mean, that's a definite draft for me. Like he's probably like what will be weird is just trying to figure out, you know, how he fits in. Like, I think that, um, you know, if he's playing in a lineup, like obviously I don't think he's starting right away, but let's say that he's alongside John Collins and Clint Capella. I don't really think he's at a point yet where he's getting guarded like you want a three to get guarded, which makes it tough. A lot's going to depend on where his uh, where his like how far his shot comes along. But I do think like it looked a lot better as the year went on for me. Um, I'm a lot more confident in his shot and where it's going than where I am with Jeremy Sohan right now. Um, and I actually think like Tari's a guy who could become a good enough offensive player where he's at least being guarded um, out to the three point line, which is, you know, that that opens up the drives and him being able to do more with the ball in his hands uh, just off the bounce or off the catch. Um, so I'd be very in on him. Another guy you mentioned, Branham. I love Malachi Branham. I would be a little bit hesitant with the Hawks just because um it hasn't really been nitpicked quite enough yet but his defense is very bad right now yeah he came Um, on really late for people that don't know like obviously people are sort of getting into the draft like he was not supposed to be a lottery pick three months ago and he had a heck of a close to the season and i think to your point about him not getting nitpicked yeah i think that's that's part of why because he kind of wasn't on the radar well it's crazy too like not to like just go go wild but like i uh so i live about 20 minutes from st vincent st mary's so i've known about him for a while and like I was excited for him at OSU. I thought he'd be an NBA guy, but um, he went from somebody who was like not even close to being ESPN top 100 on, on the draft board this year to like then becoming like he's getting ranked like 10th now. And so it's it's been a wild development. Yeah, I think he's uh, 11 for Sam. My, 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 my close personal friend, Sam Messini, I think he has him 11 now, which t- kind of tells you how far it's gone because he was not up there for yeah, most of the season. Exactly. Um, but the defense is like, I do think he's going to get better uh, at some things off the ball and, and 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 on the ball, but his ability to get around screens is like null and void right now. Um, he's got really wide shoulders. He has a pretty high base. Like that's stuff that you can't really coach. Like that's just you have physical limitations sometimes as a defender, and that's kind of where I'm at with him right now. So I would be um, a little bit, yeah, it would be a little bit questionable alongside Trey. Although I do think the offense could be really good because like he's got pretty good feel. Um, he makes good passes, uh, especially out of pick and roll. Like um he's definitely somebody who could create alongside him and would benefit playing off of him um but yeah i would uh i would definitely have some defensive questions there yeah i tend to agree with what i've seen as well um 
I guess the other thing I want to make sure I ask you about the Hawks in particular is like, do you like any of these like more guard types, like, you know, ranging from, you know, Johnny Davis to Ty Ty or um, anybody else in this range, uh, maybe even like Blake Wesley, people like him quite a bit. I'm not quite as high Blake Wesley yet, but um, any, anybody else that's like more in that perimeter, like more in that guard level that you are intrigued by, or is it because for me, I think mostly these guys are either too high on the board for the Hawks to get like Ben Matherin is going to be way, going to be long gone. Yeah. Um, or like not quite high, not quite high enough for me to get for the Hawks to take. I wonder if you like anybody in that, in that range. Yeah. I mean, I really like Johnny Davis. If he somehow fell to 16, that would be awesome for the Hawks in my opinion. Like, yeah, he is like, he's like a, a straight up two guard. Um, Definitely. Like, yeah. And he's I kind think of small for a two guard, even like he's yeah, not, he's yeah. kind of, uh, we, everybody wishes he was six, seven. He's six, six, yeah. four. Uh, I mean, I do too, but like he, he's one of my favorite players in the draft. I'm partially biased because I love watching him play, but, um, he's somebody who I really think is just going to factor in well in a smaller role and, and be like, I don't think he's going to be an all defense guy or anything like that, but I do think he's going to be a pretty strong defender. Um, like to me, like, I think my, I don't, you know me, I don't love doing comps, but he's, he reminds me a lot of like, okay, if George Hill had like 20 pounds on him when he was at IUPUI or something like <laughs> that, um, that kind of player, like just somebody who's going to be comfortable, uh, you know, doing the, the little things, factoring in as more of an off-ball guy. He's so good moving off screens too, which is what makes me interested about him with Trey. Um, I think some people question his shot a lot more than I do. Like I just kind of believe that it's going to be good in the NBA. Uh, having that, that usage in Wisconsin's offense was like – a death knell to efficiency to a degree. Um, so I would be in on that. Obviously, again, you know that you do kind of hinder yourself with the size, but I do think like he's just a really smart all around player that would fit well. Uh, this is going to be more of a broad question, but uh, let's say the Hawks either have to use a, some sort of capital or someone just miraculously falls to them outside of like your top four guys, let's say top five guys, who is the best possible guy for the Hawks to draft in your mind at 16 or higher? Oh man. Uh, that's a good question. Are you going to say Tari Eason for a second with the way you were talking about Tari Eason? I mean, I would have Tari up there, except I do think like based on how I've seen on other stuff, it does seem like reasonable, like possible that he, he might will be there. That's, that's why I'm, yeah, I'm talking about him a lot too, just because I think he obviously big boards right now are not gospel, but he does yeah. seem to be in the range where like you would think he might be available. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how things shape, shape out after the combine. I think he could definitely be a combine guy who goes way higher. Um, he could be. To me, gosh, probably A.J. Griffin. Like, I do have yeah. – again, he's another guy who I would have – I have questions about. I'm not as high as some. Like, I still think he's really good. Um, I just think, like, I'm not as there with the upside as some people are. Um, like, you know, him becoming somebody who's handling the ball a lot. Like, I think – like we talked about TJ Warren earlier, that's who I think of a lot when I watch AJ Griffin play. Like obviously shooting the three a lot more in college, but in terms of just like a wildly dominant footwork guy, like just anybody, he can get to his spots doing anything. Like he's so good moving off screens, just plays really well off the ball. He's not a great passer, which that also fits with TJ. No. Um, but like he has length, he has size. I think he's going to be at least like a, a neutral defender in time in the NBA. Like, it's worth noting how much time he missed prior to Duke too with injuries. Um, so I, I like, I'm not really that worried about his defense. Like some people are, um, no. but the shooting is legit. Like he is. Such it looks, it, lo it looks kind of weird sometimes, but uh, it looks weird, but it's like the release point is so high. He gets yeah. good height on his jumper um, and he can hit it off a variety of motions. So I'm just kind of, I'm varying on it. Uh, I definitely have questions about, you know, what kind of player is going to be inside the arc outside of jumpers. But at the same time, like 
getting to play alongside Trey in an offense that I think is going to be a lot better run. Um, I'm I'm very excited about that. If that could be a thing. Yeah, he'd be uh, he'd be high on my list too. Uh, it goes without I, barring something very weird that have to trade up to get him for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I can't imagine getting to sixteen. There's just too much there. Um, but he'd be high on my list too. I mean, I I I've had him as high as five at times. I don't know if I'd be there still now. Uh, I, have, I have more work to do on that. And I, I do wonder how much you mentioned the injuries. How much the injuries have taken away some of his burst. But I was like, I thought he was more bursty in high school than he mm-hmm. looks now. And maybe he's just gotten bigger and older and all that stuff. But I kind of wonder like if this is going to be it for him athletically, not that it's bad, but like I thought he, at one point he was going to be kind of a monster athletically um, yeah. in high school. And I don't know if that's the case now. He's just, I mean, obviously he makes up for it with a lot of other stuff, but I, I kind of, I'm just curious to see what like an NBA strength conditioning um, health kind of stuff looks like for him too. Yeah, no, 100%. And like, he's interesting because to me, like, he could be somebody very much like Moses Moody, who everybody was saying, oh, this guy should go six or seven. Um, and then inexplicably falls. And it turns out like, um, I mean, it, it, I, I believe it came out after like he had uh, some pretty rough medicals from teams that ended up leading him falling as far as he did. And, and I'm it, curious it to see. Yeah, it happens. It, it feels like every other year it happens with somebody and it, it very well could be AJ. Yeah, it was almost a Kongwu. There was there was the pre-draft like yep. leaks about a Kongwu, and he still went of course six. But like there was a little bit of concern there. There's always a guy or two, unfortunately, that ends up falling because of that stuff. Um, okay, before we get into some uh, some of what I would describe as your guys, I'm gonna ask you about who, who your guys are because everybody everybody has their guys in the draft. And I'll, I also want to know what you think about the very top of the draft. But mm-hmm. first, our final break on the podcast. Be right back with more with myself and Mark. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar, and summer is coming. If you're anything like me, that actually means some food on the go in the next couple of months. And Built Bar is the perfect snack to take it with you on vacations, whether you're by yourself or with your family. Throw them in your bags, toss them in your kids' backpacks. Make sure that everyone has a bar so you're fueled for your summer adventures. And the best part about Built Bar is they're actually healthy and delicious as well. No more sacrificing delicious food for health. With Built Bar, you can actually have both. It's actually quite easy as well. All you have to do is go to Built.com and order right now. They have Built Bars and Puffs, and everything is covered in 100% chocolate. And that means with Built Bar, you can actually eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. If you haven't tried Built Puffs yet, I don't know what you're waiting for at this point. They actually have great flavors like banana cream pie, which has been my personal favorite of mine, honestly. And picture how it will taste right now, to be honest. Just think about banana cream pie, how good that actually is. Not enough flavor for you. You might actually want to try Mixed Box as well. Mixed Boxes come with 12 flavors of bars and puffs all in one place. And Built Bar is also healthy for you. Most bars have only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 70 grams of protein, whilst most candy bars have a lot more sugar and a lot more calories than that. So Built Bar tastes fantastic while also being quite healthy. And if you go to Built.com right now, get all of your favorites from banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate, many more. They're delicious. And new flavors coming all the time. Built.com is everything that you want. And if you go there now, use promo code LOCK15, 15% off on your order with Built Bar. One more time, that is promo code LOCK15, 15% off at Built.com. All right, Mark, before we get to your uh, top, top, top of the board, uh, I asked this to everybody that I have on about the draft. Do you have a couple of guys that you seem to be super high on compared to everybody else? It could be second round guys. It could be first round guys. Wherever you want to go with this, uh, who are your who are your guys that you seem to be in love with? Man, that's such a good question. Uh, I love Jabari Walker out of, uh, right. out of Tennessee. He's really fun. He doesn't make a lot of sense for the Hawks, just a full honesty, but – you mean out of Colorado, um, right? Not Tennessee. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Colorado. I'm thinking of the game he played against Tennessee. <laughs> no, you're um, good. He's he's really fun. Like he's yeah. uh Samaki Walker's son. Um, so big, big throwback to the to the big shorts days. Um, but like he is a pretty good shooter. Uh he really came along as the season went on. Like 
I liked what he showed last year. Um, but then this year he took on a bigger role. It was really funky because Colorado's offense, I don't want to say it was like terrible or anything, but he was essentially like playing as a um as a secondary option on a team without a real primary option. So it was just like it felt very weird at times. Um, he's to me like very similar to Tari talking about somebody who's kind of erratic. Like he has really weird movements, um, which I always just love guys who are who are long athletic, play physically and um just have kind of funk to their game. Like he has his handle's really clunky, but he is really good driving the ball. Or I shouldn't even say good. Like he makes things happen driving the ball, which sometimes it's turnovers, other times it's dunks. So you know, you just never know. Um, but just having somebody who's six nine, close to six ten, that has really good defensive instincts and ability, um, that is a I I would say going to be a plus shooter. Like if you can rein in anything with this handle, I think he's just gonna be a really good player in the NBA for a while. Not like a star or anything, but I think he'll be a good role player. Um and I honestly like if he were on a better team, um, because the Pac twelve was just pretty, pretty rough this year overall. Yeah. Uh, which is becoming a theme. Uh if he were on a better team, I I do think he'd be getting a lot more buzz. So he's somebody up there for me. The other guy I am again biased about as an Ohio person. I went to the <laughs> University of Toledo. Um, so I saw Ryan in person his last year because I was a senior when he was a freshman. Um, Ryan Rollins is going to be really good. I like him a lot. He's more of a combo guard, which always gets kind of like a, a bad rap. I love combo guards, though. Um, <laughs> he's so good at creating space. Uh, he's like, obviously, he's not Luca, but just in kind of that same vein of somebody who I wouldn't necessarily consider an elite athlete, um, but that he has elite athletic tools that uh, you don't really, you know, it's not like along the the bigger, faster, stronger vein that that you typically think of when when thinking of athleticism. Like he's got incredibly good bend and flexibility, and he's so good at, at you know snatchbacks or anything to you know setting his man up into screens and just he has really good craft on the interior. I think a lot's going to depend on you know what kind of shooter he becomes from three. He was around I think like thirty two or thirty three percent this year. He was better last year. Um, but also a lot of it's high difficulty of threes. Um, obviously, there's the primary option too. Uh, and he's just a, he's a really good mid-range shooter off difficult looks. So I just tend to buy guys like that as shooters at the next level developing in, into into better three-point shooters. Um, what makes it tough for him is like he's kind of – I don't want to say a starter or a bust, but like most of his potential to me comes from what he could be as a shot maker. So it's, you know, it's not as easy as I think some people make it out to be to, to just become a, a bench shot maker in the league like – yeah. You have Jordan Clarkson and and like four other guys who actually get paid to be bench shot makers outside the minimum. So, um, but I really like him. His defense is very stinky right now, but I do think there is a there's 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 a really good player under there. So I'm I'm excited to see what happens with him. Yeah, I, I got to I was watching him a little bit more. He was not on my radar because again I'm way behind this class. And I thought I saw some buzz for him, and I like what I saw too. Like it's uh. I don't always share your love for combo guards, uh, but I, well, I he's do different because he's a good yeah. passer. Like, I was going to say he sees the court really well. I like his offensive stuff a lot. I, I do think that you worry, like you kind of perfectly laid out, like what happens if he's not good enough as a scorer? Because like there's not really a lot to fall back on there, um, and that's always my concern. I always, I always find myself being a little bit lower on the guys who are like you know clearly you know backcourt score maybe not score only but score mostly types mm -hmm. that don't do a whole lot else like uh for instance like cam thomas was not my guy last, last yeah. year was not a big fan of cam thomas um not that he can't i mean I, and i acknowledge like he's a very he's very good at what he does it's just that that's all he does and like it's got to work and if it works it works i mean if it works you're talking about jamal crawford and it's fine but um you know 
it's just interesting to me. It's really difficult to be Jamal Crawford. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, but it's it's it, like I mean, you just bring up a really good point. Like, it's hard to be one dimensional in the NBA now. Like, like we talked about the roster earlier. Uh, I mean, yesterday. I and say. Teams, <laughs> teams know. Teams know too. It's like if you're, they know, especially at the highest highest levels that like you become not unplayable, but like if you, if you watch Jordan Clarkson in the playoff series, it's like, it's, it's, unless he's got 20 points and a half, it's like hard to play him. That's how bad he is on defense and stuff. So it's like, all right, what are you actually building for is the other question. Exactly. And that's why not, not to keep pumping him, but like, if you like just watching Ryan, what makes him so interesting to me is like, I do think he has a lot of playmaking to, to fall back. Yeah. And not somebody who I think is going to be like a primary engine or anything, but somebody who, if the shot comes along the way, I think it will, um, which I very much buy him becoming like a really good shooter from deep on pull-ups and, and any variety of shots. Um, then that's, that's like, that's like a, a special starting level player to me. Um, yeah. But there's way more of a path too. Even if it doesn't work as a starter, like if you exactly. have a playmaking, you, you can be, you can be a third guard and there's some real value in that. If you're more than just a score, like exactly. Play a little point guard, whatever you need to do, and just be a secondary, or maybe be a secondary next to a big playmaking wing. There's there's ways you can get in uh, and get mm-hmm. on the floor. So, um, okay. Last thing before we get out of here, uh, this is the easiest way to say this. Do, do you have the same top four as everybody else in the in the, in the class? <laughs> uh, I think I do, but in different order. I know I have yeah. a different top five than everybody. The else, orders though. are all messed up for everybody. I feel like at this, which is fine. That's probably yeah. the way it should be. Uh, okay, g- give me your uh, give me your uh, your current big board. I guess at the top. Yeah, well, it's I, I mean, again, just it, well noting the top five changes for me based on, you know, who is uh, who is who is getting drafted where and, and who has the pick. Like, okay. for instance, let's say if the Pelicans somehow had the first overall pick, I would probably take Jay Ivey. I think some people would disagree with that, but they clearly need guard play. They need guys who can get to the rim. Um, I like I love Powell. I just don't like they have almost two. I think a lot of people would say you can never have too many wings slash forwards. But I also think like, OK. How am I supposed to play him, Tramer for the third, Herb Jones, and and Zion together? Like and I think Ingram, that there are ways. Ingram, and, and Zion. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's just <laughs> given the kind of player he's going to be. I'm I'm not like I, I love Powell. I think he's going to be the best player in the class personally. But um, like yeah. So my top five right now, if I just had to go in order, it'd be Paolo, Chet Holmgren, Jaden Ivey, uh, Jabari Smith, and then my number five is Jalen Duran, which most people would probably disagree with, but. Um, I am very in on Jalen Duran. Uh, some of the stuff that he showed at Memphis and when he was at Montford too, um, I just see it with him. Like that Memphis context was really rough this year. Uh, not to just give him leeway that that I think other people will get, but no, you're right. It um, was <laughs> it was very rough. Yeah, like I think, yeah, it was it was rough. Uh, but to me, like I, he's the youngest player in the draft class. Age doesn't factor in a ton, but in seeing the things that he has done uh, in the ways that he did improve when he was at Memphis, like getting to show more as a playmaker and passer. Um, he's still very raw on both ends, but I think that's, that's part of the upside with him. Like he still impacts the game a ton, even while being very raw. Um, I think that there's a non-zero chance that he's the best defensive player in the draft when it's all said and done, which is saying a lot considering Chet's in the draft. Like I think just based on pure tools, um, Jalen probably has better tools than, than Chet, which is, again, that's not saying a ton. Like, He's much better in ground coverage. Chet's very good in, in you know short term, short area stuff, and um, his feel on that end is second to none. But um, I just look at Jalen, and I think he could be a lot more than just a lob catcher, rim finisher guy that a lot of people seem to to, to pin him in as. No, it's interesting. Um, I, I definitely have probably watched him less than I can't a lot blame of the guys. You, at the that top is, they are very of- hard to watch. Well, yeah, that well, that too. I mean, it's funny. I probably watched them more from a college standpoint, and like have done less. 
uh, NBA draft specific watching on Jalen Duran than a lot, of, a lot of the other top guys. Part of that's because I of the team I cover, and he just mm. has. No, there's no way the Hawks are going to get Jalen Duran. Um, but it's like, yeah, he's he's definitely interesting. I think that you know there was a reason he was uh, if not number one guy in the class below this before he reclassified. Definitely in the top three. Um, so yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, I'm with you 100 on like reordering the top three, four, five based on who has the pick. Uh, I don't have a clear number one. I changed my personal order multiple times. Um, I like Paolo as well. I think I probably have Chet number one if I had to just choose right now, but mm. the gap is not wide at all. Like I think that, um, you know, it's just a tool bet. It's kind of what you want. I, I used to think I was, I was probably too low on Jaden Ivey. I've come a long way on him. Uh, I think that he's still number four for me of those guys, but I still think that he's also like firmly number four. Like uh, for a while I was like, is he really a top four guy? And then I watched more. I'm like, all right, I get it. Um, yeah. So, you know, a long way to go on that, but it definitely is team specific, which is tough to do on a national or whatever podcast talking about just broad, broad, broad uh, circumstances, because it's like, all right, uh, trying to pit these guys against each other one-on-one is like uh, Jabari Smith is great at a lot of things and not great at other things. And like, he's really fun though. at certain, certain spots. Like, is he a wing? I don't even know. Is he a four? I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Exactly. It's uh, it's like, I, I don't know. I think some people are pretty down on this draft just from a talent perspective. I, I would say too, just as like an aside, yeah. um, you know, like, uh, our other mutual friend PUI wrote a really great piece on this earlier in this in the in the season. But like these guys, even compared to last year, have had such a different uh, experience getting to the college level than um, like pretty much any class before them. Like I mean, Paolo literally like everybody like talks about, like oh Paolo just doesn't look like himself at the end of the year. I'm like, well, he didn't play competitive basketball for almost a year. Like for, he was just yeah. strictly working out in gyms because of how you know how the pandemic affected the West Coast and where he was at. Um, and there are multiple guys who, who who are coming from similar areas with that. So I am, um, again, I think I try and approach it like I'm not an expert. I just watch a lot of basketball. Like um, these guys, I have no idea what to think about what some of their growth curves might look like um, or might not look like just because of how the pandemic went and changed things up developmentally. Because um, we've just never really seen anything like it on this scale before. So um, definitely something to note, too. And in, in, in especially when people want to go back and do historical stuff, which I'm sure will not be good, be in good faith anyways, but I figured I would throw it out there anyways. It, it never is, but no, you're hundred yeah. percent right. I think this is a, it's a weird class. It's not, I don't think it's a great class at the top. Yeah. I don't think there's like a, there's not a, there's not a, there's not a guy that is like a no question superstar for me. I think um, that's okay. I mean, it's not, doesn't mean the class is bad. And I think the odds are that one of those guys probably hits and is a superstar. It's just, or at least a fringe superstar. Um, but we'll see who that guy is. And, um, maybe there'll be somebody off the radar. I mean, one of the last, I guess the last question I'll ask you is like, maybe it's, maybe it's Jalen Duran because you probably, maybe you already gave it away. But like, I was going to ask you if there's a guy that's not in your top three or four that like could be the best player in the class overall. Ooh, man, that's a tough question. I don't know. I mean, I guess I could say maybe it's Shaden Sharp. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to box him in, but like, maybe it's Shaden Sharp. Like, I, he's somebody who's just really hard for me because, uh, he is like, what's the best way to put it? Like, uh, I think if he were burstier, I would be more in on him. Like his, like again, I think he has just about the best shot creation tools in the class. Um, but I also am just kind of like, okay, well, his he's not an awesome passer. Like I don't think that the handle is anything amazing from him right now. It's more just like the the tools that he has been able to show. And again, really hard with not having as much tape recently. But um, like let's say if things really do hit with him, then yeah, that's that's a nutty prospect. But at the same time, I'm just a little bit hesitant because like even like I look at somebody like Jaden, like who has 
he's showing shot creation stuff, but the the burst and ability to just destroy a defense with his first step is <laughs> that's something yeah. that is really hard to to not bet on. Um, when, when he has it going, uh, it's it's difficult to stop. Like just like, ask Texas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there were there were ha- maybe not a full game. There were halves where he was just genuinely unstoppable this year yeah. that I've watched multiple of. So like, you know, it's college, but uh, his, his athletic traits are pretty off the charts too, which definitely mm-hmm. helps. So, all right, Mark, well, I've give, uh, I've, I've taken up a lot of your time on this, uh, on this Friday into the weekend. Thank you for doing this in the middle of what you described as the most busy day of your life or something like that before we started recording. Uh, please feel free to plug anything you'd like my friend. I, I do appreciate it. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll beg you to come back on later on in the process, but uh, until then, I would love to. Yeah, no, I would love to come back. And I always enjoy talking, Brad. Um, you can find me on Twitter at MG underscore Schindler. Uh, I write over at basketballnews.com. I write over at WNBA.com as well, covering the league. Start up tonight. Be sure to watch the games. They're great. Um, I also cover the draft over at my Patreon uh, and my podcast, Tag the Roll, with my good friend and co-host Jake Rosen. Um, and uh, covering the NBA and doing some draft stuff right now as well over at, uh, at Indy Cornrows with the great Caitlin Cooper. So, yeah, you can find me. Twitter is definitely the best place to find me for sure. You will share it all. A former guest of this podcast, Caitlin Cooper, who came on to talk about Nate with me when they when the Hawks first hired Nate, and we I think we we're probably right about Nate in a lot of, in a lot of ways on that discussion because Caitlin's very smart. But uh, all right, well, thank you, Mark. I appreciate it. As everybody else, please subscribe to this podcast. Check out all of Mark's work, and we'll see you next time.